This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Last night, the Dodgers took the 2020 pandemic season and they hold the trophy, even with COVID players Justin Turner as there's a lot of controversy involved in the game and the Blake Snell issue that's going to be discussed right here on Pine Tower for Breakfast with my friend and nerd aficionado, as I like to call him, Scott Fransky, as he comes on Pine Tower for Breakfast. What up, and welcome to another episode of Pie Tar for Breakfast. It is the final, I guess, yeah, it's the final episode of the World Series-ish Hot Stove League starting here for us here with the Philadelphia Phillies, and I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to bring on one of my favorite people, and like I said, he's a nerd aficionado, Scott Fransky. Scott, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I just had to give you a little clap there as you came in. It sounds good. So all my nerd aficionado <laughs> friends are clapping. Yeah, no, I look. It 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 is a uh, <laughs> it is something that that what we saw last night with Blake Snell uh, and, and being taken out seventy three pitches, five and a third innings, going through the order twice, and not one bit of stress, not one little bit of like a bead of of sweat dripping from his brow. I mean, what you saw last night is best described how? Stupidity. <laughs> I mean, I, I look, I'm not, you know, Kevin Cash is a smart guy. Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays are a smart organization. Um, I just worry about where where, where, how we got to this point, how did we get here that we can't all, I mean, everybody who watched that game said Blake Snell needs to keep pitching. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody who watched the game thinks Blake Snell should still be on the mound. Um, so why is, why wasn't he? That to me, like he was so good. Um, and I, you know, I've never played the game professionally, but I have to believe that there were nine guys in the batting for the Los Angeles that could not have been rigged to know that Blake Snell had come out of that game. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I, I just, and again, that's something the, tell you, and the analytics won't tell you. And it, they're just, there has to be a place in this game. There is a place in this game for both. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I mean, I guess on the one time, 
on the one hand, I applaud Kevin Cash. Those are his convictions. He believes in it. Um, and he's got by his convictions. Um, and I, I um, yeah, I, I, I look at it. I look at it with Kevin Cash that like you're protected by those numbers, and I, I think it, there's no managing them when you're protecting it. When you're when you're a manager, you're you're managing the people that are involved in you know the everyday grind in that dugout in that clubhouse with your coaching staff, the trainers, the players, all that stuff. Like you're not protecting a data sheet. At least that's not what I was brought up on. Yeah. I mean, if he stays with Blake Snell to face Mookie Bet, I mean, I guess I what I what I was when I was watching it mm-hmm. last night, what I was thinking, Barnes gets on, and I'm thinking, um, the, the old adage you know, that, that you have to let a guy, again, it wasn't the seventh inning. It wasn't the eighth inning. Um, the, the idea that Blake Snell is better against a lineup the first time through the order than the third. time. Okay. I get it. He's also better. He's far worse against him the second time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, me, I just say, you know what? This is my guy. He won a Cy Young Award for a reason. He's he's the best starter we've got. He's the best pitcher we've got going right now, without a without question. Um, he had shown no signs of stress against that against Seager against Turner and any of the six previous at bats. Um, I don't know for for all the money in the world. I'm I'm you know. I got the game six of the World Series. I get that they played a certain way and whatever. Um, I, to me, another thing that I've been thinking about is that that the Tampa Bay has put together something pretty cool there, right? Yep. What they do. Yep. I just don't know if it's sustainable. I don't Not know in the postseason. Well, and I mean, is it sustainable? Um. To um, to not have starters that can go six or seven innings, hmm. um, is it sustainable? Is it realistic to think that thirty major league teams can do this? Um, I, I, like I don't know. I I just think we should think about teaching pitchers to face a lineup three times. We should teach pitchers to, you know. Uh, to throw four pitches and, and go seven innings and throw 120 pitches yeah. uh, and go nine innings and throw 120 pitches. We need to teach people how to do this again. Well, um, well here's the other thing. Like, with the data and all the model sets that, that are out there, and they could say, well, you know, we ran the numbers of third time through the order. It's like, yeah, it's such a broad deal. When you're talking – are you talking about the same guy with velocity – are you talking about like number of pitches after two times through the order? Is he at 73 pitches? Like most guys are not. Um, it, the way everything was going, whether you want to go data or you want to go eye test, everything said, this guy's stuff is not wavering. They have no chance. There's at some point, Kevin Cash needs to look in the other dugout and look at how discouraged they are, not even frustrated. 
It's, it wasn't even frustration. They were baffled because the guy was so dominant. There's a difference. And when, when you're frustrated because you're like lining out on a guy and you're not, you know, man, I'm squaring him up. Can't They weren't even doing that. Mookie Betts was 0 oh, for 2 at two punchies. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the numbers were um, in terms of swings and misses, but there were a lot of them. Well, you ready for this? Um, you ready for this one? Yeah. 29 fastballs that Blake Snell threw. 29. How many of them were put in play? Uh, probably barely any. Zero. Yeah. Zero. That doesn't surprise me. Again, uh, all the numbers told us. The numbers told us what he did in the past. But, but, but the numbers didn't tell us what he was doing on this night. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and what he was doing on this night in game six of the World Series was completely dominating baseball's best team. Yep. Now, again... If Mookie Betts hits a two-run homer off Blake Snell, you know, by the way, the analytics show that Mookie Betts wasn't that great off a left-handed pitcher. No, he was terrible. This year, yep. Right? So, I mean, I, I, why, why don't you just hang your hat on that? Yeah. Say, well, well and, if they were going by the numbers, what? Scott, they, this year, second time through the order, this year, Blake Snell went from 140 the first time to 307. In the, the second time with a 627 slugging percentage. So that he should have been out after the first time if they were going truly by right. the numbers. Right. It, that, that's I, the crap again, of it. I, I just, it's, you know, whatever. Uh, guys should have a track record. Guys earn things. Um, I don't watch the Tampa Bay Rays a whole lot. I don't know their ins and outs in there every day. Um, you know, we didn't see Blake Snell pitch when we saw him at the end of this saw them at the end of the season um but we know he's won a Cy Young award yep. um we know he's got the best among the best stuff certainly on their staff um and we could all watch last night and know that he was he was he was gonna throw zeros and you know what if he didn't if Betts takes him deep tip your cap yep. Mookie Betts Absolutely. is a really good player Absolutely. Mookie Betts is a really good player and he caught up to one he made an adjustment and so be it but um I but I I I just didn't see it happening, and doesn't mean it wouldn't have. We can't, you know, as uh, as, as Gabe Kapler used to always say, we can't play play it out in an alternate universe, right? There's no way to know what would have happened had Blake Snell stayed in the game. Um, yeah, we do. I yeah, just, we know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like he's at that point. He's gonna still get through that inning, no problem. That's what I felt. I, I would rather get crushed by baseball people, people that are in the know of the game and, and the field and everything that's going on around it, whether, you know, than, than the analytic guy, you know, and, and being yeah. crushed by them for, well, this said this. It's like you, you weren't, you, you don't know. You just were not paying attention. This is a more of a pay attention moment for it. Now, you know, we could talk about all the analytics and everything. It still takes the Dodgers in, in executing. Uh, this was way too reminiscent of what I got to feel in 2014 and taking out Jordan Zimmerman against the Giants. And it was one of those things. I asked Trevor May today. I was doing a, the MLB Network show. And I'm like, what would it be like for you as a reliever to be running in from the outfield out of the bullpen to have the opposing dugout cheering that you're coming in? Usually it is Trevor Mays coming in, or in this case, Nick Anderson's coming in, 
and they're like, oh crap, like, damn it, we, yeah. we got him. But they were elated. And it's it just, it's fascinating to hear what relievers, he goes, yeah, that's exactly a, you, you feel it. And that's got to be a point at some, throughout our, our, our time and talking about what just happened in front of us. Yeah, well, I think you make a good point, And that is, um, part of a manager's job is to manage the people and the personalities. And, you know, I doubt there's a guy on that, um, that raised bench that's going to, um, ever publicly second guess Kevin Cash for yeah. that. Um, they have a ton of respect for him and, and what he's done and what he's accomplished there. Um, but you can't, you cannot tell me with a hundred percent certainty that he's maybe lost a little bit, uh, in that clubhouse um, because again, the eight guys that are standing alongside Blake Snell and everybody mm-hmm. else in the dugout saw the same dominance um, and saw the same change in demeanor when that move was made. Uh, and I'll be honest, probably had the opposite change in demeanor on the raised side of it. They, yeah. I don't see there's any way they, they aren't sitting there going, oh, man, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, what are we doing? You know? Um, you know? Yeah, I mean, That's- we've been involved in it now, you know, broadcasting and stuff, and, and you we know, like, there's a deflation when you know that there's your stars being who's rolling gets taken out, and you're just like, oh, God. Like, there it is. It's deflating. And so whether that, you know, is organizational, I, I, I get that whole thing. Now, on the other side, you know, you have the, the Dodgers, and you could call it a bullpen game more than anything. That is not how they intended to do it. But Tony Gonsolin didn't have it. And I, I felt like Dave Roberts did a hell of a thing. And, you know, the way he mixed and matched, you know, getting uh, Floro in there, I know I know a lot of people are, are against what happened. But I can understand. They put, you know, the right-handed change-ups against the Rosarena. He had no chance against them. He, Baez got him. Uh, Floro got him. Uh, but I thought, you know, conversely, keeping Julio Urias in there at the end was a huge moment. It was a huge moment to understand that, like, they had no chance against him. We're staying with him. Yeah. And, again, um, there's a lot of things that Dave Roberts could have done differently. Um, along the way yep. um, and maybe the benefit of having some experience in this regard, you know, being there before. Um, but, you know, he didn't need numbers to tell him that Kenley Jansen's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, you know, Kenley Jansen's been a part of this, you know, group with the Dodgers for a long time. And, um, you know, probably he himself dreamed of many times that he would be the guy on the mound at the end when they finally won. Uh, when when it finally happened, but um, but Dave Roberts played the guy who's hot hand, who's pitching the best, um, and it wasn't you know it was it was about a guy getting the job done, mm-hmm. and um, you were gonna they were gonna have to beat him, uh, they were gonna have to really make some noise against Urias in order to get to move off of him in in that moment. I thought. A, a couple of things that stood out, like organizationally, when you look at the Dodgers and the Rays. I mean, just complete teams, you know, as far as offense, defense, base running, pitching, you know, starting pitching, for the most part with the Rays, I get it, to the bullpen. Uh, it, I guess, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, 
you got to see it with Jimmy and, and Chase for so long. Uh, two great players um, that didn't take it for granted of who they were, but like the base running, the instinct, the instinctual stuff gets lost in our game today. Mookie Betts and and Corey Seager in the top of the order for the the Dodgers took extra bases. Uh, the contact play that Mookie Betts scored on, I think twice. I I know four times during the postseason, twice in the World Series. It, it's stuff that is. I think it's old school. It's baseball. It is fun to watch for you to see that. What what was that like? That was great, and I think those are the things that you point out that are they come from playing winning baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that the one run makes all the difference in the world. Um, and you know, whether it's Austin Barnes bunting a home, you know, sacrifice or, you know, earlier in the series or whatever. I mean, everybody, obviously, you know, guys hitting balls left and right out of the ballpark and whatnot. That's, that's part of the game. But I, I just see that. You know, and Betts obviously did that at the end. You mm-hmm. know, big tack on run with a home run. But it's it's running the bases the right way. It's taking extra bases. It's playing defense in the outfield correctly. Um, you know, um, it, it, that that first inning, Gonsolin was struggling. Mookie Betts goes into the corner to cut that ball off that Meadows hit after the home run by yep. Rosarena made it one nothing. Against a ton of right fielders, that's a double. Yep. Um, but it's not against that. Um, and who knows how that inning well, ends up differently? How about know? how about uh, how about Austin Barnes on the one-two pitch Gonsolin threw uh, to Margot? He bounced the split. And Austin Barnes, if he blocks it, it is fantastic. He blocks it, keeps it, you know, whatever it might probably yeah. goes away, and they and they advance. But there was a little bit of me that he's like he brought his his he just brought being a baseball player out, and he picked it. And he kept the runners at first and second. And that could have been the most important pitch play throughout the whole thing because now instead of second and third, you have first and second still and Margot flies out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they played a they played a the Dodgers played a really good game last night. I mean, I thought there was there was one I mean, like there's one pitch call that I you know, I mean Gonsolin didn't really have oh, Gratterall. It, but, um yeah. Uh, Gratterall, yeah. yeah. The stupid you know, he's blowing them away with a hundred miles an hour. Uh, but other than that, I thought they played a pretty flawless game. Um, uh, and again, you know, hey, they were the best team on paper at the start. You gotta, you gotta win them uh, when you play them, and they did. And um, you know, um, and then they partied like they didn't weren't COVID nineteen positive. So you know, yeah, that's that's for another episode at, at some point because yeah. that was that was just. We it it, over, it, it, it overshadows everything. This is a total, is a total uh, side thought, but I was actually thinking to myself, why are they all um, masked up? I thought they were in a bubble. Like I thought, yeah. I guess I'm not aware of how this works, but I thought they had no contact with anybody who wasn't. Yeah, I, I just think they did. I think they just decided. I think it was by team if they decided, you know, what they were going to do. Right, and I, I mean, you know. Like uh, uh, Dave Roberts and Kevin Cash, for instance, the managers, they're on the uh, in the dugout, and they're both um, doing, you know, with the mask, and they take the mask down, and they put it back up, and they take it down again, and they put it back up. And I'm thinking to myself, do they really need to? Do they even need to wear them? Because I thought everybody was in the bubble, but I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't even realize that 
I don't know when the news broke that he was actually positive. I, I turned it off when the well the second they did the speeches and the second inning the in, they came they the feedback came that uh that the, the results were back from the day before's test that it was inconclusive so they they expedited his his other test of that day it got there and the results were in the seventh inning and so there's people up in arms gotcha. about not shutting it down and, and all this stuff it's like i i i'm glad i didn't have to make that what, decision. like shutting the game down yeah yeah oh because could you imagine like okay so the rays end up winning when would game seven be played yeah <laughs> you know and and then the the dodger owner decided to give a speech that was you know 25 minutes long i don't know if you knew that i i I, I did not catch that one. Thankfully, yeah, yeah no, it, it was really a, it was it was great. It I, was I did, fascinating. I, I as I did hear that uh, Rob Manfred took a little flack on the podium, but uh, yeah, you know that reverb it uh, it really got to him. Instead of just taking out the earpiece and just deciding to be like, "I'm the commissioner. I own this. I'm gonna stutter my way through this because I hear myself three seconds delayed." Anyway, uh, besides the point, uh, they got through the season. 60 games uh, for the, the, the Cardinals, 58, and then for uh, the postseason to get to the World Series title, to have the, 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 the piece of metal handed out. Um, <laughs> I, I, wh- how do you look at, at this 2020 season you know, at, in its entirety from start to finish? As, as weird as it was, it got to the end. Yeah, it was weird. It got to the end, and I mean that's successful um, in some regard. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, Dodger fans. I mean, are they any less uh, happy that they won the title um, than they would have been in a different year? I doubt it. Um, I bet they're pretty excited. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure the Rays are just as disappointed in losing in this year's world series as they would have been in say 2019. Right. Um, so, um, from that standpoint, uh, you know, it's, it's got every bit, the, I don't know, the legitimacy of it. I I don't think anybody, it's certainly, um, it's not a case where a team that was like an upstart and, like there's nobody, you know, at the end there, there wasn't anybody there that you say, well, they were just a fluke. They got in because the season was too short mm-hmm. and, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, everybody was pretty sure the Dodgers were going to be in regardless and they were going to be right there among the best teams in the league. Um, so uh, I think it's just a success in that they got it done. Um, you know, how... I, you know, I don't know what it means going forward, if anything. I don't know. I guess it shows them that if if there is no vaccine in the spring, um, they maybe at least have some kind of a roadmap on how they could uh, how they could do it again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, but like I said, I, I don't think the Dodgers are any less excited or the Rays any less disappointed because – it was a shortened season and a different season. I think, um, you know, they're, uh, 
they're in a pretty good mood in LA and with good reason. And I hundred percent agree. And then the ones that are complaining that, Oh, it was only a 60 game season, 70 double headers, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's because your team didn't make it and win it. So if you won it, you probably would have been excited. Just the same. You can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. You I can't mean, sit there and uh, say, again, it was like, Oh man, we, we won it, but it doesn't count. Like hell no. You're never thinking that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the only thing that would have, you know, you and I talked about this eight months ago. Um, and I thought to myself, as long as the playoffs um, are the same, like you have to win the same number of games in the playoffs, as it turned out, you had to win a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as long as, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the expanded postseason. Um, I don't think you should flirt with the idea that there's, I mean, literally there were three teams in the last weekend all under 500, all vying for a spot in the postseason. And it was, to me, ridiculous. They were, you know, uh, basically the equivalent of uh, 40 games out of first place. Yeah. You know, yep. and um, and I don't know what Rob Manfred is going to try to push or, 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 you know, I'm sure someday that's coming, but... Um, I hope it's not a repeat of that because I think at 162 games, um, that would be a, a, a bad idea. And, and for me, uh, and, and 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 quite frankly, an unnecessary one. Yeah, if nope, you want to shorten sure. the whole season to 100 games or 80 games, you just want to shut that down. Then I understand the idea of adding more teams to the playoffs, but I don't. If you're going to play 162, you don't need that many in the playoffs. Yeah, because you earn your right in there for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's you the whole it. point of playing the regular yes, season. Yes, and you don't want to downplay that. that, that, that adding more teams to a 162 game or to the postseason after a 162 game season really devalues the 162. Absolutely, and, and it, Absolutely. that that can't happen, and, and we know that can't happen. And for, you know, for baseball I, in general, I, it can't. And thankfully, the Dodgers didn't say lose in the wild card round. Yeah, right? no, for sure. And same thing with the Rays. All of a sudden, would beat them two yep. straight, and bam, you know, like it's over. And it would be like, well, what, what just happened? We had the best team, but we, and we should have had, you know, we had the best record, we had the best team, you know, what happened? Um, so, I, I, you know, again, none of that ended up happening in the playoffs. Um, you know, I mean, I guess the Astros were the one sort of upstart there in the final four, you know? Um, yeah. But they were starting to get because like they, they, were, they, they were starting to understand who they were, and their their starters that they had in the minor leagues that were now relieving were starting to they were find, starting to find their their role and understanding of how yeah. to relieve and stuff. So you know, I, I looked at it and and looked back at like the last three four you know years um, with the Astros, and June for them was like months that they went off. And I get it, the whole garbage can thing. So I I I kind of took a little you know with with, with a grain of salt, but. June they they raked as a team and this was considered you know baseball wise I mean as far as games played this was June for them and they got hot yeah so well yeah I thought it was you know it was good they got it done and and uh, there was nobody um that got sick sick you know I mean like once yeah. you know, you know yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Nobody yeah, was around the game. And I think we all talked about sort of the nightmare scenario being you know, somebody connected with the game that 
you know, get sick because we're playing baseball games, you know? Yep. Um, and thankfully that didn't happen. No, so, for sure. Um, yeah. And then, so, so you have today, which is basically the start of the hot stove and you have, you know, yeah. JT's now a free agent. DD's a free agent. Uh, I mean, you would go five on. Five days from now, pal. Well, you still got him it's still the hot, days. it's still the hot stove. And I, yeah. I, I figure that, you know, uh, what is your, like, overall take? I mean, there's going to be 300-plus free agents based on, you know, there's going to be so many non-tenders this, this year with the unknowns, with organizations and all this stuff. What what are what are you most looking forward to, I guess, if anything, for the Phillies in their offseason this year? I mean, I'm just looking forward to the idea that, I mean, they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So I'd like to see what they come up with because there's there's a ton of stuff they need to do. And uh, JT Romuto is obviously big, um, and that's a big decision that sort of um, might align all the dominoes. Like because what you do with him uh, sort of bleeds over into what you do with everybody else because of the amount of money it's going to cost you and the way it sort of dramatically changes your your budget. Yeah, I, you've got the Didi Gregorius uh, issue. Um, you know what you're going to do at shortstop. Um, you know the bullpen obviously needs a, an enormous overhaul. Um, everybody's sort of written about the the idea that you might, I don't know, like if you try to work out a new deal with Maris, say, or you know, uh, because all of a sudden cost is a big thing. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know. You know. Do the Phillies issue qualifying offers to both of them? Um, you know, DD and JT. Um, everybody seems to think it's a slam dunk. JT won't, uh, wouldn't take it. Uh, you know, I don't know what the landscape is going to be like because the Phillies are not the only team. Obviously, there's 29 of the clubs that didn't have fans in the stands this year. So, um, promise of what's to come yeah uh so uh you know players might find it to be a challenge this winter um and you might find a lot of teams a lot of players stay free and available well past the holidays and a lot closer to report date you know assuming assuming i mean we have no idea what the world is going to look like, mm-hmm. uh, to be perfectly honest. And uh, so uh, this this could go any number of ways. But obviously, um, the uh, I think it's a, I really do. I think it's going to be a long off season of, of waiting and wondering and and uh, and waiting to see where you know guys sign because I think it's going to be slow. And I I have this thought like I'm on in agreement with you, but there's this other thought of mine that that thinks it's going to be very NFL like, where the first like day or two there's going to be a lot of signings by you know of pitchers, just guys trying to you know and and maybe some of the olderish guys that are going to take deals because they they're not going to know what's going to happen if they get offered they're like I am taking it. So I wonder if that happens and then it has well, that, that big lull. True. And then the, the yeah. ending part where you have it, I think there there could be a combo of that. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting because the Phillies have a, a lot um, to do. 
Uh, and, and, you know, there's one guy, you know, obviously Didi was fantastic throughout the year. Uh, look, I think I, I, I do. I know you do. I know Tom does. Sings the praises of one free agent that uh, could come back and, and, and hopefully be a part of this uh, if they're willing to, and that's Freddie. And if he definitely wouldn't cost what Didi costs, and he would give you more defensively than Didi, even though Didi was fantastic. Uh, but offensively, it'd be uh, you know uh, one of those things. But you bring in someone that's a leader, and you know the more leaders, the 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 better for a franchise that's looking for direction uh, in all different directions. And I feel like you know that would be a good start right there with Freddie. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I'd be you know I'm a fan. Um, I don't have any illusions that he's you know the numbers that Didi had offensively, um, but defensively he'll be uh, he'll be he would be everything you need uh, at shortstop. But you know um, the infield in general. I mean Scott Kingery was such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens with him? What do you do with him? What what is he? Right? Yep. Like what? Is he anything? Um, he's got a long-term contract, um, which now is what three years into the the seven guaranteed. Is that yeah. is that where we're at? Yeah. Um, but you still have th- four more guaranteed years of him that you're paying him. So, um, like, you got to figure something out with him. Gene Segura um, could he play short? I don't. I don't know if he can every day. Um, in the outfield, the outfield to me, beyond Bryce, is, is absolutely an open question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I you know Reese is healthy. Reese looks if he's healthy, which we have no reason to believe he wouldn't be, um, and he looked like he had turned things back around. Um, Alec Bohm, a short audition, looked great. Nothing not to like there. Um, I, you know, I don't know, I, but just about everywhere else, offensively, yeah, no, for sure. you've got questions. Um, and, you know, you need two starters, three starters. Mm-hmm. Um, you need all kinds of bullpen help, not to mention pitching coach, you know. Um, so uh, there's a ton of work to do. And, and, oh, by the way, is it Ned Rice? make all the decisions or will there be another change in that regard so um it's gonna be an intriguing off season for sure it's intriguing especially when you have the braves the nationals uh the mets um and obviously the marlins because the marlins were better than you this year uh to overtake and and i think that is a huge thing that's in front of the phillies is there's no guarantee that you're better than everybody in the division because it was proven that you weren't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> you were. I mean, what did they? What did they finish? Uh, I don't. I'm not even sure. I know they were a game or two better than. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was two games above above the Mets. Two games above the Mets. Who were? Weren't they even with Washington? Or yeah. did they finish last? I mean, like those three teams are. Yeah. I mean, they all have work to do, but yeah, they all have work to do. But you know what? It's one of those things where you can see with franchises and you know the quality of of arm that that 
you know certain franchises have, and you see what the Braves have as far as the young talent, and then you have you know whether Kyle Wright does anything. But Ian Anderson showed that he's uh, a star. Soroka's coming back. Uh, you know, Degrom's going to be back. Syndergaard, who knows what he's going to be like next year, but maybe a year away from the game kind of gets him. You know, in that frame of mind, the Marlins are are, yeah. are young and and hungry. And again, we talked about this a lot on the radio. Was that like they they show no like they they get into a game with the Phillies and they look eye to eye. They they might even look down upon the Phillies, and I think that needs to change as far as the way the perception of going into a game and being able just to hand it to them. Yeah. Somebody will start referring to the Phillies as bottom feeders. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. <laughs> Scott, I appreciate it. They, huh? they, they could then print up catchy t-shirts. They could, they could bottom feeders. I love it. With the, the pH well, pH feeders. Oh, there you go. Okay. We got it. We got it. I mean, I, the next look, Tom T-shirt. Uh, I don't think I, I. I don't think the National League East turned out quite like everybody thought it was going to last year. Yep. Um, other than the fact that the Braves are really good, which people expected them to be, and uh, I would expect them to be again. I think the other clubs all had stuff to work with, um, but they have work to do. So, um, you know, they'll get get after it here in about you know five days. They can start figuring all that out. Yes, they can. And Scott, I appreciate you coming on Pine Tar for breakfast. It's been fantastic. I hope you and your family are doing well, and I hope you take care. All right, man. Take right, care. Thanks Later. for having me. No problem. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.